Hello, hello, my dear audience. I am Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. It seems finally everything is working. I heard the starting music, and today we have a live show. Hopefully, I will no longer need to remind you that we're having a live show, <clears throat> excuse me, because every one of them will be a live show. Uh, so you're welcome to call at any time, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, if you want, I will gladly interrupt anything I'm talking about. It can wait and I will hear you out. You can share with your comments, ask questions. Please, uh, my number here is 888-874-4888. Again, 888-874-4888. I want to remind those who would like to write to me and don't have my email address yet. It is drpeterresnik at gmail.com. D-R-P-E-T-E-R-R-E-Z-N-I-K at gmail.com. I did receive this week uh, quite a few emails. Some are very interesting and emails with nice comments. Thank you. And emails with very good questions. But uh, before I get to the emails, uh, I would like to do a little show and tell. You know, I, I receive through my Facebook a lot of uh, postings and, and some are really wonderful. So I wanted to read for you one. If you see what needs to be repaired and how to repair it, then you have found a piece of the world that God has left for you to complete. If you only see what is wrong and how ugly it is, then it is just you yourself need, needs repair. Uh, in either case, there is nothing there that, it's not clear here, uh, that there is, there is, uh, let's see, you should never feel that there is nothing to do. Oh, that's, that's a very, very beautiful, uh, I did not read, read it nicely, but it's a very powerful statement, actually, uh, about always needing something to focus on. There is no way that there is nothing for you to do. And I met quite a few people who would say, I don't, I'm bored with my life, I have nothing to do, uh, or I don't see a purpose. I believe, well, maybe already six months, maybe nine months ago, a woman from Brooklyn, I believe Carol, called in and asked the question, how to find the purpose of my life? It was a wonderful question, and I thought about it a lot, <clears throat> and spoke about this question quite a few times on this show. Uh, what is the purpose? Uh, and if you are indeed not occupied, your time is not occupied and you're questioning what is it all about? How do you know what to do with your life? Very simple. Uh, what persists in your life? Particular challenges that persist, repetitive challenges. Uh, they are the the challenges that come in your life, not by a chance, they are the challenges that you are to overcome or issues to address. That is, 
if you find yourself being a victim over and over again, if you find that your relationships are not working, if you find that people don't hear you, you come up with an idea, nobody hears, somebody else repeats your idea, and suddenly they're heard. So then this is, uh, this is a challenge for you is to be heard. One way or another, you have to look at what is happening in your life and ask yourself, what is there for me to repair? And then what are the tools that I need to utilize to do that repair? I believe, uh, yes, two shows um, ago, that is the one two weeks ago, I, I posted actually Dr. Peter Resnick's emergency kit. And there I give you five steps on how to deal with whatever challenge comes in your life. And I actually posted it on my archives so you can go and download it and see what the questions are. And they may help you to deal with whatever issue you're dealing with at the moment. Uh, another show and tell, I, I also downloaded this posting by Frederick Douglass that I believe was absolutely brilliant, brilliant person. He said, it is easier to build the strong, strong children than to repair broken men. The reason I save this posting is because, unfortunately, these days, uh, we're not building strong children, we're building fragile and irresponsible children. Uh, I remember even when my children were small, already there was a trend, let's say there is competition, the winners receive a trophy, and the other kids receive a trophy for participation, so they wouldn't feel bad. Nothing is wrong without about feeling bad, about feeling that you lost. You need to learn how not to feel bad, how to focus on, on your participation and that you gave your best shot. I'm not going to lecture you about raising children, but but trying to accommodate everyone, trying to make everyone feel good, you will just eliminate any any drive for people, uh, any any strength to accomplish things, because everybody is getting just like giving uh, money right now. What is happening? In America, people are given money, so they're not interested in going finding a job. Uh, I was visiting my nephew, um, Oleg, and his wife has a dental practice. And she says she has a couple of people who are trained who could be dental assistants. They were trained as dental assistants, but they don't want to work because they're receiving help from the government. Uh, I don't know why, but... The government is just giving away the money. That's why inflation is so rampant, because uh, I don't know. Everybody has uh, has to have money, have to have support. Everybody has rights. We don't have rights. We have privileges. We have privileges to be alive. Anything that, but the definition, uh, by the way, uh, of of what a right is and what is a privilege would be this. Anything that you earned is your right, which means you have right to have your opinion. You have right to your knowledge. You acquired it. 
Everything else is a privilege. To be alive is a privilege. Everything that can be taken away is just a privilege. So if uh, uh, pursuit of happiness, hmm, yes, it's your right. You can pursue happiness, but whether you attain it or not, this is not your right. Freedom is not your right. You need to stand up for freedom. Uh, it can be taken away easily. So nothing is our really right. Very few things are our rights. For the for rest, for the rest, we need to work. Uh, I spoke this this uh, weekend. My son Aaron was staying with me, and you know he's 23 years old, and he runs two academies. He uh, developed, created an academy for tennis and another academy for pickleball and actually runs the third business, internet sports marketing. And he said to me, you know, if somebody doesn't want, if somebody doesn't uh, do something, uh, is not succeeding, is not doing some business, it means they simply don't want to because there are so many opportunities. And uh, you may say, yeah, of course, he was lucky. Maybe you were a supportive and loving parent and your wife were supportive and so, he was just lucky to to be supported and therefore he is such an entrepreneur but no no there were people there were many people who are highly successful who didn't have any support if you know this uh, man uh, anthony robbins uh, some 35 years ago i worked with him on hot calls he did this uh, firewalk seminar he's an, an inspirational speaker author coach um, philanthropist uh, made hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more. And he did not have all those privileges. Uh, he grew up in a rough environment with no money, but he wanted to succeed and was willing to make an effort. And he started studying lives of those who did succeed and started following their footsteps and became very successful. A person like Ben Carson, who grew up not in super favorable conditions with a mother who was not educated, who thankfully, yes, he was fortunate because she taught him how to read, but he was made fun of, and yet he worked hard. One thing that he knew he has to had to rely on himself. That's what we, I think we need to teach all our children and grandchildren. They have to learn to rely on themselves. Once they begin to work, knowing that nobody owes them anything, then they can achieve whatever they want to achieve. Uh, but so the most important is responsibility, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's kind of free flow of consciousness and show and tell. Let me talk a little bit about the emails that I received. Uh, and again, please call me anytime. Um, uh, if you have any questions, not just regarding what I'm talking about, but uh, if you have questions that you had from last shows, previous shows, or whatever question about well or ill being, remember my specialty is mind-body integrative therapy. But if you want to share with your just views on, on life and on challenges that we all face, you're welcome to do that too. So. Uh, regarding the emails, first I want to thank you uh, for your kind 
kind words and encouragement because uh, I received kind kind of good, nice uh, emails. I'm sure it's just people who uh, who like the show and those there are maybe people who didn't like the show and stopped um, listening. That's also perfectly fine. But those who do write uh, write very pleasant things. So thank you. From what I understand. Uh, uh, a lot of people uh, feel shy uh, calling and, and being on the air. So that, that's fine. Uh, you know, you, re you can write. I will really uh, make every effort to respond uh, to your request or questions. For, I, I received this email from Nikki. And it's quite a remarkable email, I have to say. It asked so many good questions and made so many uh, interesting comments. But I, first, I want to respond uh, to something that you asked, Nikki, regarding uh, COVID and that you had COVID and, and you have problems with memory. Uh, I have to say that after I had COVID for the first time, and that was two and a half years ago, I really had problems with memory. And then I had and then it, it improved. And then uh, in this May uh, 2022, I, I had COVID again only for three days because I had, I believe, because I one, because I already had some immunity. And two, I, I used ivermectin. So it lasted only three days. It's still for a couple of weeks, my memory was not great. You know, this COVID thing from from again, from my understanding from all the literature that I read that is not publicized on on CNN or in major networks. Uh, it's a man made virus. We really don't know how uh, how it affects us. By the way, I just received a call. So I will pause now. It's Gino from from New York. So Gina Welcome, you on the air. Hello, Dr. Resnick. It's Gino up here from where the buffaloes still roam, close oh. to the Bronx Zoo. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Gino. You have a comment? You have a question? Yes, I, 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 uh, I have a suggestion for yes. an offer for, for a great interview, I think, that, that'll be very inspiring. Mm -hmm. And... and uh, well, it's a, a book uh, by Sidney Kirkpatrick, K-I-R-K-P-A-T-R-I-C-K. -K -K. came out in 2000. Mm. This was a very extremely, it's good to be skeptical in this world, but he was extremely skeptical to the point that he had no belief in, in spirituality or God or miracles. And uh, he actually wrote about Hitler and what they did, did the hellish things they did and murder mysteries, a uh, director in Hollywood or uh, drug cartels. So when he would take his daughter to school, a woman knew he was a New York Times bestselling author. So mm -hmm. she tried to interest him in Edgar Casey. So uh, he said, listen, uh, when they got to know each other a little better, he said, you're a nice lady. But if I use my investigative skills, I will show you the error of your ways. And she said, I challenge you to prove my inconsistencies or inaccuracies about this man or what he did. So he went to disprove it. And this is an interview. It's on YouTube for those who would like to hear it. It's about half hour. And he went to disprove it. And he fell in the rabbit hole, as he says. And two weeks later, after two weeks, then he thought he could do a book in 
two years, but he did such a great researcher that he it took him seven years, and he came out with the book in 2000 called An American Prophet. Now, given our time and what we're dealing with, with the people calling for, uh, you know, uh, nuclear, uh, what to say, uh, uh, proactive or uh, a sneaky nuclear attack and that kind of language that's in the air, I think we all can use some inspiration these days about people actually who walk and talk and listen and are actually used by our Creator. And, and I think you would agree, God's the same yesterday, today, and to- tomorrow. He don't change. We're the ones that have to change. His laws are immutable, unchangeable. And so those, what I look for is those people who actually are used to such a degree that it, it, it's like, like, like Sidney found out. You could not disprove that he could diagnose people from a distance or the greatest minds of the time, like Nikola Tesla or, or Franklin Roosevelt or Edison, you know, went to him, or great writers, your two directors, or two Hollywood moguls. So I think your show is a great platform to bring out, uh, bring some spotlighting on this particular man, and not so much on this man, but how God uses people who actually are willing to pay the price, as Edgar would say, Basically, things that you know about and teach to eat right, to meditate, and just to be a loving person in this world and share and be cooperative instead of competitive. So mm-hmm. I highly would recommend if you can get him on your show. I mean, the book came out from, the, what was it? Uh, it's uh, ooh, uh, Riverhead Books. It's a division of, uh, what is it, Penguin. And he's a very personable person. I met him a couple of times over the years. Very uh, humorous, uh, very, but as I say, the best books I discovered in my life reading about Casey are actually books were by skeptics. So, you know, if I know you know about Edgar, we've talked before, but I I don't think you've had, you've been able to contact Sidney Kirkpatrick. He has a place, I I guess with the web to find out where he is. I, I definitely will check him out. I actually, I have somebody who is helping me. I am, um, uh, I'm a field instructor for Columbia University School of Social Work, and I have students uh, helping me out. So I kind of assigned this for them, and they did quite well <laughs> researching people. Well, yeah. Well, that would be great them. because so, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I yeah, definitely would do it, Gina. Yeah, I would appreciate that because, like I say, we need, we, like you said before, we're not raising, you know, I mean, it was a big brush to say the kids not being raised right. Mostly I think that's true, but I think if you look in the old days, too, there was never really great, you know, if you even look in the Bible as you study, even uh, David's son, you know, he didn't turn out so great, or there's many examples, you know, Adam's son, uh, you know. Uh, so it's rough today, too. I would say even rougher. But there are people who actually were consciously, you know, I know a lot of people since the 60s, they've learned from various teachers how to eat better, how to meditate, and they actually would conceive a child with that thought in mind, not just the pleasures of the body, but actually conceive it with the love of, like, attracting a soul to come in and help us because there are laws of attraction upon us. Like, you know, when 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 Samuel's... Uh, you know, mother couldn't have a child, you know, like, what are you doing here if you can't have a child? And she prayed, and, the, you know, the priest said she couldn't have a child, and she dedicated Samuel to the Lord. You know, uh, uh, Sarah couldn't have a child. <laughs> so it's, just, it's a pattern. And there are patterns in the Bible that people really scrutinize carefully. There are laws and you know, about desire and what are our purposes and how we use these bodies. And is it of a universal, you know, uh, 
high degree of selflessness, or is it more reduced to just our own small pleasures and momentarily pleasures instead of looking at the big picture? So I agree with you. Most most people are not being raised properly because with the economics, households, are, at least up here in the Bronx, half of them are broken up. So we need all the help we can get. You have a very valuable, you know, spot on the, on the radio show, Progressive Radio Na- Na- Nation, I was going to say. Well, it's out there everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you, you have, a, a, I would say, even a responsibility to respond to this phone call and look up or get your students to do it. And I think he'd come on. And I think it would be a show that would be memorable. I think you'll get some good marks in your, your book of life for doing that. <laughs> and, uh, again, we need all the hope we can get out here, Dr. Resnick. Thank, thank you very much, Gina. Thank, right, thank you for listening. And right. thank you for calling. Right. Gina oh, just okay. gave also an idea about something. Yes, I would love to invite Sidney Kirkpatrick. And I would love also to invite someone who thinks otherwise, who thinks that all the Bible and the, the psychic phenomena, even though I, I totally subscribe, I, I know the psychic phenomena works, I know it's a reality, so direct experience. And yet I would like to invite also people who have a different opinion, because uh, I don't want this show to be politically correct, like politically because I think a certain way. So I, I want to invite only people who think the way I do to be my listeners. No, I, I would like us to have a dialogue. And people need to make up their own opinion. For example, what's happening now with Kanye West. He made some uh, anti-Semitic remarks. In fact, I wanted, I went to on internet and I wanted to hear what those remarks were. And I could not. It was only about how many people dump him now, not what he did. Uh, and even if he did, I, I, I welcome everybody to speak their truth, their mind, as long as they don't cause, they, they don't call for violence. Uh, why, why does he have to like Jews? Why does, why does he have to not like Hitler? Uh, he maybe likes Hitler. And yes, my my family uh, was practically wiped out, you know, by Hitler and the World War Two. But but I still respect his freedom to have a different opinion, as long as it, he doesn't cause call for violence. Why do I respect his uh, opinion? Um, accept his opinion as as valid. To him, and I, I'm, I am for him having the freedom to express it, because if I begin to deprive him of freedom or punish him for speaking out about what he feels is true to him, then I invite other people to shut me up. And then somebody will say, oh, you cannot support uh, a Republican candidate. Or you cannot be conservative. This is a horrible thing. You're a terrible human being. will not support you. We'll kick you out from PRN. No, that's the wonderful thing about Gary Nall, that he has people with very different opinions. And the same thing I feel. Uh, it, it, just because I came to certain conclusions, that does not mean that I own a right uh, to, to truth. 
Kanye West, or like I would, I would love to invite white supremacists and and somebody from some hate group. Um, uh, I don't know even if Ku Klux Klan still exists, but I would like to to talk to someone, and it's okay, even if they say I hate you because you are Jewish or because you are black or because you are green. That's fine. If I am not full of hate, I don't hate them. They are ha- suffering from their own hate. So as long as people don't call to violence, they have freedom um, to express themselves. And I think if we accept in, with respect their uh, right to, uh, to express their feelings, their thoughts, I think that then they will not be that aggressive that they may be willing even to listen to our viewpoint. But when people hate each other and shut each other up, nothing good will happen from it. But going back to uh, Gina's request, I definitely will check out uh, Sidney Kirkpatrick's work. Uh, And there is a number of books written about Edgar Cayce, and he was definitely one of the greatest psychics of 20th century. Though I had the privilege of knowing yet another very, very powerful psychic. His name was Ingo Swan. He died also, uh, like, but not only, only 10 years ago, I think, or nine years ago. Uh, he wrote a number of books called, but the first one was Yonostradamus Factor. He was also working for CIA at some point. In another book, he wrote about his experience working for CIA, doing a remote viewing of Soviet military installations and so on. He was, uh, some believed, um, as accurate as uh, Edgar Cayce. But they were remarkable people, um, like Swedeborg and Nostradamus, who also saw. We don't know how it is that people could foresee the future. We know that such phenomena exists. I personally am not that interested in seeing the future. I am more interested in seeing the now and how it's possible to help other human beings. And if we can use psychic phenomena or any other phenomena, that's fantastic. Anyway, I I thank again, uh, Gino, um, for calling. And anybody who wants to call, you're welcome. I'm looking forward to hearing you hearing you out. So let's go back to the email that Nikki sent us. Uh, the first thing, she had a great, great idea. It, like I realized that she is listening um, to pretty much all of my shows because he lists, she lists a number of things that I have done. And she has this suggestion to make the first program of the month Every first show of the month, which today is the first show of the month, but it will not going to work out. But, but she suggests to, to make the first show of the month uh, about night dreams. And so th- that, that will allow people to prepare themselves to write down the dreams and then have them ready for the show. That, that's a great idea. So, but since... Uh, today is the first show, and we'll, I just announced it. Why don't we make it uh, the last show of every month? So let's agree. Now I'm announcing uh, the last show of the month 
will be dedicated only to night dreams. I will, uh, in a very short way, do a little uh, uh, introduction, hoping that people already heard my or, uh, or listened to in you know, through archives to my talk because I think I dedicated two or three full shows, three, four, two, three hours talking about night dreams, how to work with them, how to correct them, and so on. But I, at the last show of the, this month, in any month from, uh, from then on, if that works out, uh, let's, let's keep in mind, will be about the night dreams. And you can prepare them, you can ask your questions, and so that's what we'll do. Now, we go with Nikki's, uh, Nikki's email. The, the second thing that she brought up, um, she asked your, your nephew Vladimir and you to, uh, to plan speaking about the Day of Judgment. So obviously Nikki heard uh, my nephew Vladimir, who is a, a psychic medium and a, an energy healer. And I had him, I think, eight times on this show. Uh, and so to, she wants us to talk about the Day of Judgment. Uh, it's a very, very good, a good idea, an interesting question. But I think we'll talk about it in due time. Uh, I announced it, I believe, last week. And I will tell you now again uh, that uh, Vladimir and I decided to give it a try. Uh, to have a separate show, uh, or whatever it's called, a dialogue on YouTube. Uh, and it's called Bible Speaks. And he and I take, you know, uh, I don't know in the Christian tradition, but in Judaism we have this tradition of reading the Torah, or the first five books of Moses. It's split in 52 portions. And every week, we read one portion and discuss it and derive wisdom from it. Not wisdom of the past, but how we can utilize the ideas of that portion to this week's uh, life experiences. Because the idea is that the Torah or the, the Bible, the five books of Moses, are eternal document. And as you know, that the word Torah literally means instruction. It's a book of instruction that is to instruct us how to live healthy life as individuals and as a community. So we started already. Uh, I'm not sure if he started posting it because he's running the show, <laughs> uh, meaning he his assistants uh, do the, I think we use uh, Zoom that I did not master yet. I'm using only Skype in my practice when I teach classes. We use Zoom and then they will uh, create a channel on YouTube and then start posting. He and I already recorded two dialogues, one on the first portion called Genesis or Bereshit, and the second portion is called Noah. And in fact, this week uh, we'll be recording the third portion called Lech Lecha. And each of them, from looking at what we did in the first, uh, during the first two dialogues, 
There is so much, really, honestly, it's so much to discuss that we could spend three hours uh, talking about each portion. Those of you who listen, once um, Vladimir and I had four shows in a row, four full hours, talking about just Ten Commandments. And remember, it just, it's one less than one quarter of a page in the um, 19th chapter of um, Exodus, of second book of Moses. That's it. And we spent four hours talking about Ten Commandments. That's when, by the way, we came up with the idea to do this um, portion by portion discuss, uh, dialogue. So anyway, look, if, not, if it's not posted yet, look up uh, maybe a few days from now. Check, just check on YouTube for Bible Speaks. And the name is Vladimir Angert and Peter Resnick. So hopefully, uh, and in due time, when we come to a portion of Torah where it's written about the end of days, um, we'll, we'll have a discussion. That's to respond to Nikki's request, Day of Judgment. But in two words, so not, not to leave you hanging, Nikki, um, basically in in uh, Levit, not Leviticus, in the book of Numbers and in the book of Deuteronomy, it's very clearly written, I will uh, reward those who love me and punish those who hate me. And then written again, I will pay in full those who hate me so that they would be gone, so I would be finished with them. Which is a very strange st statement if you don't look deeply into it. What do you mean? I will reward those who love me and pay in full those who uh, who hate me, which means those who transgressed against me, so that I would not deal with them again. Uh, we know in reality that there were many, many righteous people, very pious people, who lived very difficult lives. So when you say, I will reward those who love me, well, there are many, many wonderful people who have sacrificed their lives, uh, who served God, and they died miserable deaths. So therefore, God does not mean that he will reward them in this physical material life. This physical material life is 70, 80, 90 years the most. It's not even a second in, in uh, a scope of eternity. So the meaning of this is I will reward the righteous people, meaning that they will be rewarded after their judgment, when they go to the other side. And what does it mean, punish, uh, pay in full uh, those who hate, hate me, which means those who don't follow the way of God. Uh, painful meaning even the most evil person did something good. So God set the system, uh, what is called midah kaneget midah, measure for measure, which means if you did something good, you must be paid for it. 
for give you an example, uh, Hitler wasn't such a nice guy. And yet he was a vegetarian and he was the first in Europe, if not in the world, to stand for the rights of animals. So he definitely needs to be rewarded for it. He needs to pay a high price for what he did beyond that, but what he did good and he loved his country. He, he was sick, he was, uh, 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 I'm not going to give you a whole list of what he did in the world, you know it. And yet every single person, the most evil person has something good that he did or she did in this life. So they are to be paid. So that's when the God says, I will pay them in full, so I wouldn't have to deal with them. Because uh, their, their soul will be, from my understanding, extinct. So in, Judaism doesn't have uh, this idea that sinners will be burned, burning and, and boiling in, in hell. That's not, that's not uh, the original idea. So our understanding and, and sacred books, uh, esoteric books, basically are saying we, we create punishment to ourselves. And when we examine our lives, the, the pain, the, the shame and the remorse that we go through, let's say when we die, we see all our life and we see all the opportunities that we <clears throat> excuse me, missed out on. You know what I did? I drank my favorite ginger tea. So all the opportunities that we missed out on, all the mistakes that we made, and and this and the chain of the events that unfolded. Let's say you you ran the red light, and because of that somebody didn't go across the street on time, or had to pause, had to stay, and they didn't come on time. Uh, to their home and, and something bad happened there and one thing led to the other and something horrific happened as a result because you were impatient and you ran the red light. And But you see all that chain of events and you, you realize how much harm it, it did. And of course, when you hurt someone's feelings and so on and so on. So that is the suffering that you go through, recognition of all those mistakes that you made. And then you go through cleansing, you go through relearning, mastering uh, qualities. That's my understanding from what I learned from our holy books. And then you go through, um, uh, what is it, recycling. You go again, you're born again and uh, deal with issues that you have not mastered in the previous life. That's that's the cycle. But um, I don't think that we are boiling in... in hot oil, uh, and so on. L anyway, let's move on with, look, wow, it's already 14 minutes into the show, and I'm still on uh, email of Nikki. Um, the third question, can we still send, oh, can we still send in the drawings? If you remember several months ago, I gave you seven uh, I ask you to draw seven objects, and I, uh, when you send me uh, pictures, when you drew colored with crayons, um, I spoke about the meaning that stands behind those pictures. And those whose pictures I interpreted uh, said that it was very, very accurate. So 
Yes, my answer is yes. And the seven objects, if you want to send it to me, again, you make a drawing and then uh, take a picture of it and send it to me. And the drawing, it's one drawing, and you need to, in one drawing, you need to have all seven objects. A person, a house, a tree, a path, you know, a path like, like you can walk on or whatever, a body of water, sun, and a snake. And that's all. Uh, make your drawing, Nikki, and send it to me. I will be happy to give my take on it. The fourth question, uh, how can I stop taking other people's pain? Oh, yeah, yeah, Nikki. A lot of people take other people's pain. Uh, yes. I don't know if, in the, if you experience pain physically, but emotionally, a lot of people go through this experience. Uh, and the way, uh, if you're talking about finding out that somebody go went through a lot of pain, uh, or somebody is suffering, and and you're suffering for them. By the way, the word compassion literally it means core patio. Pain is a patio, so suffering with. So, but it's not healthy for you to suffer with every person who suffers. And when you see what's going on on TV right now, so many people, there is a war in Europe, but unfortunately, it's the only, they show only one war, um, which threatens Europe and America and in England. But constantly there, is, there are killings in Africa and no, nobody talks about it. So, and there are wars, many wars happening right now in other parts of the world. Uh, so the way I tell you what probably a single most important gift my teacher gave me, my teacher Colette, of blessed memory, gave me uh, when she when I asked her the, exactly that question, uh, you know, I I'm so worried about this client that I'm seeing. Uh, how can I help? this person more it also i felt I, it was a cancer patient and i felt not so good i felt like i said you know if you would see this person um you probably would help you much more but but this person is seeing me and colette said first nothing happens by a chance so it's not by a chance that he sees you not me so the second we are not here to help people, which make me, you know, like raise my eyebrows. What do you mean? You know, I said, isn't it what, wasn't it, hasn't it been what you did all your life, you know, helping people? And she said, God forbid, I am not that arrogant. And I said, explain, explain to me, what do you mean? Uh, and that was, remember, in 1990, uh, 1989, when I met Colette, it was 33 years ago. Uh, and she said, look, we are here to share with people that knock our door with what we know to the best of our ability. Whether they will be helped or not is not in our hands. If we say that we are helping, so we are saying that God is not involved, people's genetics are not involved, people's relationship with themselves and other people not involved, no. 
what we do is just one little uh, piece of a puzzle. Uh, in of all other pieces fit, your techniques may be helpful and it will fit and the person will get better. So if a person gets better, don't take too much credit. Say, thank you, God. Uh, what I did fitted in the big picture. And if a person is not doing better, don't blame yourself because you maybe did exceptionally well, but the person's all other pieces did not fall into places. So the same thing, and, and it really liberated me because I used to worry a lot uh, or I used to ruminate a lot if I saw something, some injustice, or this happened to this person, or this person is on the street, why it happens. You want, you see a person on the street begging, if you feel like in the moment, give them money. Don't question why are they, they, uh, why are they begging, what happened to them. That's not your business. It's their journey, unless they ask you a question, well, they're not asking you a question, uh, why I'm like this and how can I make changes? They're asking you for a dollar. And so give that dollar or don't give them dollar, but don't judge. They have their own journey. So the same thing, if you see people in pain, of course, I believe that there is meaning. So if somebody is on the floor, on the ground bleeding, I will not say, do you know there is meaning to your suffering? Let me teach you. No, he's not, he's, or she's not asking me to understand meaning, they are bleeding, they need help. So I will do my best to help them in a the moment. But if they ask, why is it happening to, to me, then, then I would be uh, more than willing to say, well, if you are really interested, then maybe I can help you. Let's look at the meaning. Tell me about your life. And the best, as I said, remember, uh, if you want to understand what's happening in your life, Look at whatever is happening as a night dream. And you have my article on night dream, so you can go on my website, drpeterresnik.com, and read the article on, on night dreams. And the night dream is reflecting to you all parts of you, all qualities of you. So the moment you look at the, what's happening in your life as a night dream, suddenly everything becomes very clear. So the short answer... <laughs> Uh, Nikki, how not to take pain of others is know that every single person has their own journey and just let them have their own journey. Now, uh, a good question that would, may come to, from you is, okay, but I have my own journey, but since nothing happens by chance, why is this person in my life? Okay, then look at what's happening and meeting this person as a night dream, as if it's a night dream, and ask what quality of myself do I encounter? And deal with that quality of yourself, because it's a reminder of you uh, to deal with something in you. Next, next question Nikki wrote, I need to stop judging. Nikki, <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Uh, you know, we all need to stop judging. I have to tell you, I worked on stopping judging for the last at least 30 years. And I would say that maybe 90% I succeeded, but not 100%. The, the road to 
self-mastery is always under construction. So, uh, first of all, I would recommend that you read my article called Judgment. You go on my website, and under articles on the menu, uh, one of the articles is called Judgment. So, uh, when people judge other people, usually they judge themselves. When they judge themselves, they judge others. And what we want to accomplish is to move from judgment to observation. Life is. Things are happening. And uh, our job is to notice what is and make a decision if it is what we want or what we don't want. And if we don't want what is, we can make steps to change what is to what we want it to be. And what if something cannot be changed? So you accept it, because life is not the way you want it to be. Life is the way it is. And if a person, let's say, is mean or rude, they're not rude or mean toward you. You will notice they have been like this before you, they will be like this after you. They are who they are. It has nothing to do with you. It has something all to do with, with who they are. So don't make it's their story. Don't make it your story. The moment you begin to have this um, self-righteous indignation, how dare they are, then it becomes your story. No. Your job is if you notice somebody judging or being unkind, look at it as a night dream. So what part of you do you see? I, I would also suggest, Nikki, that you read my article on night dreams. Or maybe you already did. It teaches you really how to look, how to look at the dream as a tool to to grow and and learn about yourself. Uh, one, if we have still a little time, <laughs> Nikki, I didn't. God bless you. I have many other uh, emails, but I am compelled to try to answer all of yours because it was quite a. Um, an intense letter, and I have to say, Nikki, I did not was not able to read all of your notes because you made. I'm sorry, you made this. Uh, you sent me by the oh, wow! This was not an email. Completely forgot. You did not send an email. You sent me a letter. Yeah, I don't even know, Nikki, how you got my address. I guess now with the technology, you can get anybody's address and you probably can know my blood type. Uh, but I was surprised to receive a letter because I did not announce my my home address. And yet you send it as a, as a note. It's like half a page uh, filled with little letters on both sides and written horizontally and vertically and, and it was quite an effort to read your note so if you decide i i only can assume i may be wrong but i only can assume that you don't have internet and you couldn't send me an email so if that is so and if you decide to send me another letter please please you see that i respect your letter and i'm trying to answer your questions but please don't write vertical and horizontal notes and don't write with such small letters because I learned to, to speak English and to read English in printed material 
I did not grow up in America writing the script. So it was very difficult to read the script and particularly that it was a little bit kind of too cramped. So if you decide to write for me, please write straight lines uh, in straight lines and bigger letters. Anyway, because some, some answers I cannot give you because I didn't understand what you wrote. But I appreciate you writing it because there are so many interesting questions. Here is another question you wrote, Nikki. How does color influence our emotions? That's a fantastic question. And indeed, color does. In fact, I, I never met her, but I know of her and Gerald, Dr. Gerald Epstein met her, a woman whose name was Sybil Ferguson. She's dead now. But when um, Jerry Epstein traveled to her, she lived in Paris. Uh, she was in her 90s. And uh, she was a specialist. And by the way, our teacher, Colette, spoke of Sybil Ferguson. She said she was the holiest woman I know. Uh, um, and Sybil Ferguson, during the World War II, treated wounded soldiers uh, using different colors. She definitely believed, and uh, or not believed, but knew that the color has direct impact on, on a person's health and the recovery process. I don't know how she, uh, how she utilized the colors as a healing tool, but I know the meaning to the colors and I included the meaning of colors that Sybil Ferguson taught Gerald Epstein. And it is in my article on night dreams. You will see the meaning of colors. Uh, for example, Sybil Ferguson said to uh, Gerald Epstein that if they would paint Golden Gate Bridge, remember it's red color, into green color, there would be few, fewer suicides because people jump and the red color is a stimulating color. So if somebody comes with a certain decision, which was impulsive because, you know, it's, it's quite a decision to make to kill oneself, uh, and they're agitated, uh, the red color stimulates their agitation and they proceed with their intention. But a green color or blue color would pacify their anxiety and their pain, and possibly they would not do that. So, uh, by the way, see, Bill Ferguson was also an advisor to the United States Army. I don't know uh, in what capacity, whether she was actually enlisted in the United States Army or not, but she was an advisor after the World War II, was an advisor to the United States Army on, uh, on colors. She never, from what I know, she never wrote any books on color but uh, I'm sharing with you what, what I learned. So the short answer, yes, uh, colors do influence our emotions. And uh, in fact, uh, when, when, I, uh, when I got divorced from the mother of my children, uh, uh, what is it, 17 years ago, and I could, of course, both uh, the mother and I, and we're good friends, we parted as friends, and we're good friends now. But, but when we parted, we were concerned uh, how, what impact this uh, separation will be on, will have on our children. 
And, uh, but I, you know, I moved within half a mile from home and they were spending half of uh, time with me, half with, with her. Uh, and yet we were still concerned about the impact. And I asked my children to, to draw uh, pictures um, like those seven pictures, by the way, also, uh, and and just my daughter loves loved my son. Just did what I asked, and that's it. He wasn't into drawing, which was showing me that he was fine. Uh, but Hannah wrote a series, uh, drew a series of pictures. One of them actually is still here in my room, though Hannah is twenty years old now. But once I saw the colors. And the position of, of objects that she did in paint in the core drawing, I knew that she was fine. And indeed she was fine, you know, and she is she is very much fine now. But the the, the, the vibrancy of the colors and the positions of the colors, and again you will read it in the article, showed me that she was she was quite well. And I do it very often with people that come to see me, I will ask them to illustrate their night dreams. And not only the content of the night dream will tell me about their state of mind and state of the heart, but also the, the way they use color, because it expresses their feelings. In fact, uh, the storyline of the dream may be not so joyful, but if they use the colors that are vibrant and very healthy, I know even though they may be said about something and the, the situation at hand is challenging, I know that they have resources that will support their, uh, uh, their well-being in, in this situation. So the, 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 the final answer is absolutely 100%. It's very important to, uh, to, to use the right color. In fact, I suggested to some people even to to wear underwear of different color um, and to to wear now now when we have only two minutes left <laughs> so many stories come to my mind of literally people uh, going through night waking dreams with me and then without consciously me in, in encouraging them suddenly changing their whole wardrobe, we bringing vibrant colors into their life because the inner life changed. Because inner and outer are mirror images of each other. Now it's time for me to wrap up. <laughs> there are so many things I didn't cover that I wanted to still, but it will be next week. Uh, please remember that at the last week of the month, we'll have a discussion of dreams. But meanwhile, I'm looking forward to your emails. Uh, I wish you a wonderful week. Uh, be happy. Peace to all who want to live in peace.